The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, uh, the only, the looking disheveled today, Tammy, the man beater Underwood. Stop that. Hi, everybody. I'm not the one beating men up. You know what? Drop it. <laughs> Mimi. <laughs> I'll just ugulate through the whole thing. I'm going to hit you. All right, I got one that was actually off of our list. Remember how I said we have to update our list? Yeah. Well, I picked one from our list. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about Andre Crawford. Oh. Do you remember that one? No. Oh, yeah, it was was in there, and I said, oh, I'm going to do this dude here. So check this out. Andre Crawford, he's actually a rarity because we don't get a lot of African-American or black uh, serial killers. Correct. But he is. But not just that. He was a rapist and a necrophile Ew. who killed 11 women between 1993 and 1999 because he was partying like it's 1999 in Chicago. And for those of you who don't know where Chicago is in other countries, that's in the state of Illinois here in the USA. Way to mansplain that one. Well, because we have female listeners. Oh, my God. Sometimes you got to. Hate you. So... Check this out. A lot of the women that he got a hold of were uh, drug addicts and, and or sex workers. Okay. They kind of go hand in hand at times, right? Yeah. But like I said, he was also a necrophile. That means he had sex with their corpses. Ugh. And uh, Ugh. let's get into his early life, and then we'll get to the murders and, and all of that stuff right there. All right. Okay? This will be a shorter episode. Okay. Because just, just, just because, because. Just because. Because you did it. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I know. So... Our buddy Andre Crawford here, he was born in Chicago in 1962, right? And his father took off and left the family shortly after he was born. You see, yeah. I, did, I didn't even make a black joke with that, okay? I'm just I just want to point that out. But you're about ready to, so go ahead. <laughs> so, on top of that, though, uh, from what I could read, his mom really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to him either. And that lead him... Uh, uh, Leading her to being, uh, you know, like like a hooker. She was a hooker. Oh, was she? Okay. Yeah, in the late 60s. Um, I'm sorry. She wasn't a hooker. She was prosecuted. <laughs> that doesn't say prostituted at all. I'm batting a 1,000 today. So, okay. So, she was not a hooker. No, she wasn't a hooker. Oh, okay. I like, misread yeah. something. Yeah. apparently today I'm having a retard moment. Anyway, she was, uh, she was prosecuted for being a bad parent, right? inappropriate parenting. Okay. In 1960. So basically it was for neglect, right? Right. And both both Andre and his sister were placed in uh, with a foster family uh, with four other kids. Okay. Uh, for other children, okay? So according to what Andre had said, he was subjected to beatings by his foster parents and was sexually abused by the other members of the family. Wow. Uh, and he also said that his uh, teenage sister... Uh, uh, that is a teenager, I'm sorry. Jesus, I can't read. Swear to God. As a teenager, he ran away from home and sought uh, out his biological mom's relatives. Okay. So his aunts, his uncles, right. everything right that. And uh, and then, who later went on to sexually abuse him and force him to prostitute himself. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we're talking this a bang-up family, right? Yeah. 
that's just now. But I want to keep in mind. I want you all to keep in mind that none of this has been substantiated. This is right. just it's what just he his said. Claims, right? Okay. So his his his, his sister, uh, his sister's uh, adoptive parents mm-hmm. and other relatives denied that, that that any of these claims were true. Okay. Okay. So Crawford's adoptive father, though, said that his son became addicted to drugs about the mid seventies, right? Okay. And as a result, Crawford uh, dropped out of school. When he was 18 years old, due to his addiction. So, you know, he's in high school. He's like, fuck this. I'm just going to do a bunch of drugs, man. Right. But it's the 70s. It's it, the 70s. I was going to say, who didn't do a bunch of drugs in the 70s? I didn't. I was just a baby. Well, so was I, but still. You were? A baby, yes. Oh, well, I figured you, you were up in Mount Hood then with the rest of <laughs> Bigfoots. So I imagine that. I do not have big feet. You wear a size 19 shoe. I do not. You know, where they're lying to people and shit. I do not wear a size 19. So now it's the early 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Crawford kind of gets his shit together, uh, and he enlists in the Army, and then later uh, he went into the Navy. Oh. But then, of course, drug habit caught back up to him. Yeah. He started using drugs again uh, throughout, you know, his military service. Oh, okay. Uh, and because of this, he couldn't perform his duties adequately. Right. And was consi- uh, was constantly disciplined, and eventually dishonorably discharged. You're like, out of right. here. We're tired of your shit. Right. He was sure he returned to Chicago, and uh, where over the next couple of years, he lived, uh, you know, just kind of here and there, anywhere he could. And he lived wherever he can get drugs, and you know, drinking heavy and everything like that. Everything that you shouldn't be doing when you're out on the streets. Right. So during this period, Crawford changed several, uh, you know, changed professions several times. Uh, and he, he mainly, he, he just really didn't have the skill set to get a good paying job. So you've got unskilled, low-skilled labor type of stuff, right? right? Uh, and because of his problem with housing, he lived in abandoned houses on top of that. Homeless shelters. Wow. Uh, and he would stay over at friends' house, of course, when he could. Uh, when he... When he had free time, Crawford stayed in the red light district in the company of prostitutes and pimps. Big time pimping, yo. Like Scotty over here. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) While most of uh, the people that he knew spoke only positive about him, between 1993 and November 1999, Andre was repeatedly arrested and prosecuted. Okay. On charges of theft and drug possession. I just want to make that clear. That way there they go, I wonder what for? Because we already talked about drugs. And usually when you're, you know, if you're homeless, you ain't got a whole lot of money. You got to get your drugs. So you're going to steal shit. Right. It just kind of goes hand in hand. Kind of, yeah. So, of course, he's found guilty. and received a, But he received a suspended sentence with his probation during which a blood sample was taken. Now, during this time, it became clear that he was aggressive towards women. Oh. Okay. Yeah. They They saw that. It was evident because, you know, he, he's watching the pimps, man. You got to smack down the hose. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's why you ain't bringing me enough coupons. My stack feels light. I'm going to smack you down. Shut up. You're so dumb. I'm just kidding. And no. I just got an email from Bed Bath & Beyond. I really wish I would have been the one who did that. I still don't know who did it, and it's driving I, me nuts. I would have loved to have been the one to sign you up for those because that would just be hilarious it would not have been so on may 3rd of 95 he was arrested yet again for assault and rape wow 
spending over a year in Cook County Jail, waiting the end of the investigation. But ultimately, the charges were dropped, and he is released. Wow. As the victim, because the victim refused to cooperate with the investigators, right? Mm -hmm. And her testimony was questioned due to her drug addiction. But we see that time and time again. You know, we're uh, we're, we're hookers. Are you busy over there? No, I'm just looking. Thought you were fucking around with something. No. Where where anybody who has a drug addiction or is prostituting, um, you know, especially throughout the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, a lot of times law enforcement look at them and go, you know what, we don't even care. You're right. And that's why, you know, it, so she's a, she's a victim. She's sitting there going, hey, man, this dude did this. And the cops are basically sitting there going, um, we think you're lying. You're right. That's... Oh. You okay with that? Yeah. You thinking about your pimps? Shut up. I need you. Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. Let's talk about his murders. All right. As victims, Andre chose black girls and women who uh, engaged in, like I said, prostitution and that were drug addi- you know, addicted to drugs. Right. Because he was a drug addict, too. So it kind of fit in, you know. Uh, go with what you know. Nothing? Okay, fine. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I get nothing from you. It's because I don't want to engage today. <laughs> it's because you're mad at your freaking fiance. I'm not mad. You are too. No, I'm not. But most of the girls that he ha- that, that that he actually killed were right. actually some. They, they were they knew him. The casual oh. acquaintances. So there's that. There's a little bit of trust in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Birds of a feather, right? Right. Well, he would lure them to houses and what? Uh, you know, abandoned houses and wastelands. Um. And, you know, uh, under the guise of, hey, man, you want to share some crack cocaine? Or in exchange for, you know, sex for money. Right. Strawberries. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You would know all about that. Uh, shut up. I hate you. So check this out. He would either strangle him or he'd stab him to death, you know, with a knife. Not like with an ice pick or anything, with a knife. Right. So at least he's conventional in that aspect of Right. It. Right. After committing the murders, Crawford uh, left the corpses at the crime scenes, returning later in the day to perform sexual acts on them. I guess you get what you get what you pay for, right? Wow. Nothing. Okay, fine. No, I just like I just. Ugh. All these killings occurred in Chicago's uh, Inglewood neighborhood. Oh, okay. There's not a good Inglewood in California either. It's, I was going to say, isn't that a hood in California it is. too? It is. Uh, matter of fact. Uh, uh, that's where my buddy Joel Balthazar is from, is from Inglewood. Oh, I think that's where... I, no. LBC is where Snoop Dogg's from. Okay. Long Beach. Oh, duh. Okay. Duh. Anyway, that area, by the way, is known for its high crime rates and, you know, violent crimes, drug use, prostitution. It's, it's, it's known for, you know, being a high crime area. His victims were... I'm going to fuck these names up, I swear. You probably will. Evan Dre Harris, Patricia Dunn, Rhoda King, Angel Shatine. Now here's one. Shaquinta Langley. Tell me that's not a black name. <laughs> Sonia Brandon, Nicole Townsend, Cheryl Cross, Tommy Dennis with an I, not an Y. Cheryl Johnson and Constance Bailey. Wow. Um, and he attacked uh, a twelfth woman and left her for dead. On Thanksgiving of 97. But. She lived. She survived. She's a survivor. (laughs) Okay. 
I'm not doing it. I'm not engaging. Hold up. I make epic Did jokes. Did you just and you say hold up? Yep, hold up, yo. <laughs> no, I'm making epic jokes and you won't engage, but no. I say something stupid like, she's a survivor. And you're like, Because <laughs> it was funny. You're fucking Because I had the song going through my head. I will survive. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> okay. So he was arrested on January 28th of 2000 following a DNA test uh, establishing his involvement in seven murders. Wow. Okay, seven of the murders. Seven. <clears throat> After his arrest during the initial uh, interrogations, Andre admitted his guilt and told the investigators that he was responsible for an additional three, count on three, killings. Three, three dead bodies. <laughs> as well as several other attacks. The victims for uh, whom survived, they, you know, because he attacked some, right. raped some, and they, but you know, they he didn't kill them. Right. So I guess that's a plus. Well, I guess whatever. <laughs> this was confirmed by the surviving victims, by the way, who I uh, identified him as the one who you know got him and raped him and assaulted him. Okay. So they came forward. You know, they they they, they sought him out after he admitted it, and right. they said, yeah, that's the motherfucker right there. Wow. So. According to what I've read, Andre expressed n- absolutely no remorse, and, sta- and, and, and he said that he wouldn't stop killing. Wow. N- noting that he had become like it, it become like an addiction to him, but we've seen that as well. We've with seen our that, killers. yeah. We've seen that with other serial killers. Yeah, yeah. like like uh, Keith Jesperson, right? Where it just right. became kind of a normal thing for him to kill exactly. kill people or kill women, especially. Yeah. I lost my place again. God damn it. After his capture, uh, it was revealed that Andre was involved in a police operation to capture the elusive serial killer. So he was actually involved in trying to capture capture him. Capture himself. Yeah. Oh, well, there you have it. He was participating in surveillance activities around the area and even helped police distribute leaflets with composites of the suspect. That Uh, looked like him. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and about the precautions ain't, that ain't should be taken like, to avoid being a victim of violent crimes. Ain't nothing like inserting yourself into the investigation at all there, right? I don't know who killed these people. Let me help you look for them. Let me help you look. Jesus <laughs> Christ, I love it. That is horrible. Horrible. So he was charged with 11 counts of murder and sexual uh, you know, offenses. Right. With uh, aggravated, aggravating circumstances. Right. Including one count of attempted murder, which that has never made sense to me. We're going to prosecute you for murder. That's a capital crime. Right. But also an attempted murder. Well, you know. <laughs> it's like, um, I'm pretty sure they were all attempted at one time. He succeeded. At one time, yeah, he succeeded and he attempted. Yeah. He attempted to succeed. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So. So during his confessions, Crawford admitted. Uh, to killing Rhoda King, but another serial killer by the name of Herbert Geralds had already been convicted of that crime. Wow. In response, the Cook County's prosecutor's office announced that they would overturn Geralds' conviction as his testimony was considered questionable from the start. Wow. So, (laughs) Geralds... 
Jura was exonerated, right? Right. For the King murder, but remained incarcerated as the DNA test established his guilt in five other murders. Oh, that so he was, he was a killer, of. anyways. Yeah, he was still he was still a serial killer. Gotcha, gotcha. He just, just not that serial killer. <laughs> just not that serial killer to quote Patrick Kearney. <laughs> Wow, dude, wow. Good times, right? Good times? Yeah. Due to the, vicious, the viciousness of, of the... Due to the various circumstances, including numerous judicial errors in both... Uh, Cases? Detainees, as they put it. Uh-huh. Uh, convictions. The, uh, the introduction of a moratorium on the death penalty oh. in the state and numerous courts motion... For, uh, from both defense and prosecution, Crawford's trial was delayed until about mid-November of 2009. Wow, that's a long time. So because of this, he spent a total of like nine years in county in, jail. In county jail. Oh, my Just goodness. Just chill it, right? Dude, that would have sucked ass. Which, by the way, is more than any other inmate in the state of Illinois. Wow. I would hate to have been. Yeah, no. No. So December 10th count of 2009 rolls around, and a jury, he uh, with the jury, he was found guilty of all counts and was given life imprisonment, uh, life imprisonment, okay, without a chance of parole. Crawford was imprisoned in Illinois <coughs> at Menard Correctional uh, Center. He died March 18th of 2017, two days before his 55th birthday of liver cancer. Oh, wow. Wow. But he was on death row. He was on death Oh, no. He had just got life in prison. Oh, okay, okay, Without okay. the possibility of parole. Gotcha, gotcha. So apparently. He was an LWAP. Yeah. Is it, can, we, can we say WAP anymore? LWAP? Yeah. Because I thought that was an Italian person. The Go on. <laughs> Nothing. Not engaging. Not engaging. Why? Because it only feeds your fire. Like that one? I don't like you anymore. I know you don't. Jesus Christ. So, okay, what'd you think of the case? Shooting at me. I just I just can't get over the fact that he was in county jail for nine years. Do you realize how horrible that would have been? What I'm focused on is that I've seen this especially with African-American uh, killers. Generally, they stay within their own race. Well, yeah, well, because Sam Little talked about it. Right, right, but if you look at white serial killers... Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll jump the race ship... All the time. Yeah, sometimes they're sometimes, rarely, they stay within their own racial profile. Right. But oftentimes they're like, I don't care, man. Asian, black, white, green, purple, yeah. looks like a unicorn. Doesn't matter. Right. And I've always found that very fascinating. Right. Well, because when Sam, because Sam Little actually addressed that, we talked about it when we covered his case, that, you know, he says, I can't be going out into a white neighborhood killing people because I'll stand out like a sore thumb. Right. That's true. And That's so true. he focused his on the African-American population of prostitutes. Yeah, where you blend Same in. Same here. You know. But white people can go into any neighborhood they want, by and large, if you're looking for a hooker. Right. And nobody thinks twice. Exactly. Exactly. I mean. But, uh, you know, hookers and homeless are throwaway people. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're cons- they are technically, literally called less than dead. Right, right. With, with the drug addicts. Yeah. You know, is. That's what they're like. The legal term is for them because people like overlook them all the time. So it's just really sad. 
It is. It is but, a sad um, state of affairs. It is. But, yeah, because we, we've talked about, you know, because it is a rarity to have an African-American male serial killer <laughs> and everything. But, like I said, they tend to focus on their own race when they, you know, are committing the murders. Well, it's even rarer to have an African-American female Oh, yeah. Sarah But Deborah Brown was one. So Who was Deborah Brown? She was the one that Alton and Brown, uh, they were oh, a serial killing oh, couple. Oh, yeah, yeah. I covered them, didn't I? No, I did. Did you? Yes. Oh, no, I remember her. Yeah. Yeah, the only other African-American female that we've had is... Uh, Alyssa. An- no, An- no, Antoinette. Antoinette. Uh, Frank? I think, but I can't remember. I think it is. Because I-, I was just, I was talking about her last night. Yeah, and, uh, she's the one that killed in New Orleans. Yeah, 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 yeah that one there. And, and when she got back to us, she was really polite. She declined, very polite. but very polite, which was high, high, you know, very appreciated from her. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, it is rare to have, you know, an African American female serial killer, but you know, it happens. So you know what that tells me? What? Black ladies, you need to step up your damn game. <laughs> Very disappointed in you. Very. Matter of fact, you should be disappointed in yourselves not doing more of the serial killing. Sad, man. More stabby, stabby. More stabby, stabby. Nah. Do it with one of those hair picks. Oh, my God. What? That'd be an epic way for... for Dude, it, it to, would to, be. It would be. I'm not saying it to be racist or anything like that. I'm just saying that would be hilarious. I'm tired of your shit. Stab a motherfucker with it. It'd have to be metal. Like Huggy Bear. Um, is it, was it Huggy Bear? In... Uh, Starskin Hutch? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Snoop Dogg played him in the newer one, but yeah. Stem with one of the metal ones? That'd be Ooh. freaking awesome. I'd be like, I want to feature you on the show. That'd be epic. Like right now. Yeah. But no, it's just, you know, I just, oh man, I don't know. I'm just trying to wrap my mind around it. The whole concept. Trying to wrap your mind around a hole. I get it. Um, <laughs> That's terrible. Don't laugh at that. I'm not. <laughs> you are now. That's no, all I have for this episode, though. Wow. That was a short. Is oh. it? Is it? Oh, wait. Missy's going to complain. It's a blip. It's not an episode. It was a blurb. Well, <laughs> after getting a goddamn tattooed ear in the mail, um, <laughs> Missy, suck it up and get over that shit. <laughs> fuckers get. Yeah. Send no, me tattooed it, ears. I mean, I just think it's bizarre that. They pinned one of his murders on another serial killer, and then, yeah. They pinned several on uh, one guy when Sam Little did it. Oh, yeah. they Well, and he was actually innocent, though. Yeah, and he was in. He, yeah, he was this other guy too. wasn't innocent. He wasn't innocent. He just wasn't that serial killer. He just wasn't, you know, the one that committed that one. Here's what gets me when it comes to serial killers that kill a lot of people. Do they keep, like, a fucking, like, a hookbook or something going, hold on one second. Who's that? King, King, King. I don't have a Rhonda King in my diary. <laughs> well, remember how Sam Little, like, almost precision, you know, knew exactly his victims' names and what they looked. Remember, he drew yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, but then we ran across that with Keith, too. Keith, I mean, except for... Um, the Florida one. The Florida one. He knew all their names and, you know, almost exact to the day. Right. And he didn't know the name of the Florida one, and he didn't know the name of the one that was that they identified just a year or two ago that was in uh, Northern Cal. Right, right. Yeah, and they identified her through, uh, like, DNA... Uh, Genealogy. Right. Yeah. Right, right. 
So You ready to wrap this one up? I'm ready. Remember, boys and girls, that Todd Colep's book is on sale now. SK101 on Amazon. Todd and Tammy's book. Fine, whatever. Well, I don't care what the fuck you want to call it. Just sell books. <laughs> Just Christ. Remember, yeah. you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Log on to Facebook and join the citizens of Brutal Nation and interact with us. Come on, have some fun with us. I like this guy Gino Wright. That I know I like Gino posts too. on our on the Facebook page all the time. This is a, it's a funny shit, man. I'm hardly ever on Facebook anymore. I mostly watch porn. I know. Any- you <laughs> this show's copyright 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And if you're hearing this or any part of this on anybody else's show or podcast except for Metal Cross Radio, they're lying, thieving bastards. bastards. And we will talk to you guys later on. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.